You are listening to The Powerful Creator Show with your host, Cheryl Sosnowski. If you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. Meaning-filled 30-minute unscripted conversations with today's powerful creators, rebel-spirited visionaries who are creating lives and businesses they love. Each show is meant to inspire you to take doable action steps today to manage your mind, create your day, and show up authentically as who you are. Catch fire and step into your zone of genius because you are a powerful creator too. You are an artist and your life is your masterpiece. Well, thank you for joining me, Kelly. I totally appreciate your time and you being here. Absolutely, Cheryl. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Okay, so before we start into you and your story and what you do, my first question that I love to ask everybody is, when I say that you're a powerful creator, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I love that term, and I'm so glad that that's like the title of your podcast because it's so important. Um, You know, a a lot of times as um, creators, creative persons, we, um, we try to please an audience. So it's like we're, we're just constantly putting out content that we're wondering, like, what do people want to see? What do people want to read? Um, and that really sort of takes away the power because the power truly comes from the creator um, itself and the message that we can convey to others based on our own um, personal experience or the, the way that we see the world. So we're actually robbing our audience and we're taking away the power of our creation when we externally focus our creative work on other people. Um, so I love, I love when creators get really selfish because some of the most beautiful work comes out of that. Um, and I think that's truly what the power is, is, is taking something very deeply internal and personal to you and expressing it in such a profound way um, you know, that it changes other people's lives. Awesome. Well, you are super good at doing that. And I love what you do and your approach to fitness and wellness. And it's not just about focusing all on your body. So can you share with everybody kind of what your background is and why you do what you do and how you go about it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I found fitness as a profession very serendipitously. I started as many women do on my own journey about 10 years ago. Um, you know, just uh, putting my family and my career and everything ahead of my own needs. And I started realizing that, um, I was very unhappy. I didn't, I didn't love my body. I didn't like the way that I was living. I, I spent a lot of time hiding, hiding in big clothes, um, turning down invitations to important things like the beach or pool parties, or just feel, just feeling really uncomfortable and kind of having an out of body experience. Um, so that's how my own personal fitness journey started is I realized if I didn't start meeting my own needs and putting myself first, then everything else in my life was, you know, suffering because I wasn't showing up in life the way that I needed to. Um, so I just really set a goal to, I want to be in excellent shape because I want to feel good about myself. I want to be able to keep up with my kids. And, um, you know, I started getting into competitive bodybuilding just as a goal. Um, that led me to actually, um, meeting a trainer whom, um, wanted to write a book with me and our book went 
international really fast. And that's sort of what propelled me into fitness. So talk about powerful creation. Um, I created a book that gave me a, a profession. So, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing once you start putting your work out there, like what it turns into. Yeah. And for you, it's not just about fitness. It's like, it's a passion for you and your reasons were so real for you and so important to you. And it wasn't just about, oh, I want to have a great body. It's mm -hmm. more about the lifestyle that you want to live. So can you tell us, so we, your book was Get Glutes. It was Strong Curves. The, oh, strong. the membership site was Get Glutes, which yeah. I closed. I have a new one, but. <laughs> yes. And we will get to that because I love what yeah. you do. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Uh, so, thank you. Um, yeah, of course. So you're, okay. So your book was Strong Curves, which focused uh -huh. on. Um, so Strong Curves was really, a, it kind of evolutionized the way that women looked at fitness because it was a, one of the first books that um, approached fitness as like lifting weights as a, the central focus of your workout journey. Um, I know there was like New Rules of Lifting for Women by Lou Schuler. It was put out by, um, I, I don't want to I don't remember the publisher, but um, that came first. But this was really the first book where it showed women training differently than we had always seen. Um, and it, it showed women that you can lift heavy weights and still, you know, like have great changes in your physique. So the central focus of that was weightlifting um, as a means to like build a body that you love. Um, and then we did a sister site, which you mentioned, which was Get Glutes. I ran that for five years, um, but I just closed that down. But really, the focus of my work is teaching women how to show up and get strong in all aspects of life by getting them strong in the gym. Because for us, that's not, that hasn't ever been our space until recently. Um, you know, the gym was always intimidating. It still is for many, many people. We feel like we don't belong there. And I feel like if I open up that space and I teach women how to use equipment, how their body works, how to properly um, position themselves and go through movement patterns, it empowers them so much that they start showing up um, with this resilience in other areas of life. So showing up in the gym and feeling confident in what you're doing in the gym and not being embarrassed or worrying about what other people are thinking of you or if they're watching you and going, Oh my gosh, what is she doing? So yeah. you, you would teach women how to be empowered in that space. Absolutely. And then, um, by doing that, I just noticed like, you know, my clientele, they were having other areas of their life change. Like, um, my clients that work in very male dominated industries, they started having no problem making eye contact, asserting themselves, asking for raises, getting promotions, standing in front of board meetings, like feeling really like in that power stance or, you know, just it changed their, their personal relationships, their romantic relationships, how they parent. Um, it made them feel safer when they go out into the world. They didn't feel as vulnerable. And part of that is because you're getting stronger physically and having that stronger physical prowess makes us feel um, more certain of ourselves. But just doing that challenge, being in that space where you're not normally, where you don't normally feel welcome and comfortable and stepping into that and taking ownership of it really teaches you how to do that in so many different areas of your life. I love that. So it's actually, and that's one of the things I really love about you and your emails are one of the ones that I always open and never miss. And because I, I always want to know what you have to say, because it's, yeah. you incorporate a lot of, and I've seen you transition 
more and more into this over time is it's not just about lifting weights and it's not just about physical fitness and how it change, it transfers over into mindfulness and it transfers over into how you are showing up in the world, like you said, showing up at work. But even if a woman works out, say at home, but she's still doing your workouts, yeah. she'll still have those same benefits. So can you talk about how, um, how you feel like that, that wellness in your body transfers over into confidence in life and your job and what you, how it changes you, just changes everything about you? Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you mentioned that because um, that was something that I really wanted to take into account is not everyone goes to a gym. So I'm like, how can I create workout systems where anyone can use them no matter what their space is, no matter what their equipment availability is? Um, so I really started designing programs that worked for everyone and yet still having those beneficial components of, wow, I just, I just deadlifted. I just did a push up, I just did a pull up. I've never done these things in my life. Um, and just having that certainty about yourself and reaching those milestones and, and facing those challenges. Um, it, it makes you feel like almost like you're unstoppable. Like, Hey, you know what? If I can do a chin up, I can ask for a raise. If I can do a push-up, I can have those hard conversations with my partner. I can ask for what I want in life. Um, so it just really translates to feeling that, that um, strong emotion about yourself that you are competent and you are capable because you're doing things that you once thought were impossible. I love that. And you have a thriving community of people just that on your, not only in your email list, but also on Facebook where people can go and, and join in a community. And how, how important do you feel like that is in your meeting your fitness goals and meeting what you're trying to attain for your life? It's everything. Um, I think that's one of the most beautiful and important components in what I do. And it's what I'm most passionate about. Um, you know, cause you talk to people and fitness can feel like a very, very lonely journey. Um, especially, uh, because it's getting strong and, you know, just really taking ownership of your body is not that common, unfortunately. Um, you know, and it's like, I've met so many women when they're starting their fitness journey and they're losing weight and they're getting in shape and they're feeling really good about themselves. Like the judgment happens and it feels very lonely. And then you feel like you're losing friends. You feel like your family doesn't get you. Nobody wants to hear about your workouts. Nobody wants to have those conversations. Um, so having those community of like-minded women that are going after the same goals really, um, it makes the journey much more enjoyable. It makes you feel like you're not alone. It helps you with accountability. And um, it allows you to have that vulnerable space where if you are struggling, if you do need someone to talk to, it's there because not everyone in your life is going to get you. And really, that's not their job. You know, it's, it's not your spouse's job. It's not your sister's job. It's not your best friend's job to be your cheerleader. Um, but we need that in our lives. So I think community, um, it makes people show up better and it makes people show up more often. Yeah, for sure. Do you, how do you help women that come up against that, that get to that point of, you know, because like you said, it's, if you're, if you've been overweight for a long time and then you decide to, to lose weight, it does affect other people and sometimes not in a positive way. So how do you encourage women to move past that or work through that? Cause that can be really difficult to face and deal with, especially alone. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one of my favorite stories is my client, Mariah, who's been, she's become a dear, dear friend of mine. But before we met, um, she lost a hundred pounds. So she was, I think she was like close to 300 pounds and she lost a hundred pounds on her own the wrong way, crash dieting, too much cardio, over exercising to the point where her son, you know, would want to play and she would just lay on the floor and they would go out for lunch and she'd have to come home and take a three hour nap. Um, but she, you know, we had a really frank conversation about two months ago about how many friends she lost when she started losing all that weight. Um, because people's own shame reflects in their judgment of you. And that's the conversation that I always like to have is if somebody is doubting you, if somebody is telling you you're doing the wrong thing, if somebody is judging you, it's basically they're looking in the mirror and seeing things that they don't like about themselves and projecting it onto you. Um, and one of my favorite quotes is by um, Byron Katie, and I'm, I'm just paraphrasing, but she always says, there's God's business, there's other people's business, and there, there's your business. And the only business you have your mind to be in is yours. So what other people think about you is none of your business. And I think that's such a powerful position to take um, because we're really on this journey for ourselves. And though everything that we're doing for our health will improve how we show up in the world, it'll improve our relationships. If we start making it about pleasing other people, then we totally lose sight of our, you know, that path that we're on. Yeah, for sure. Because it's, it's really interesting because it is like that inner journey that is really what it is all about. If you're dedicated to getting your body into a fit place, it takes discipline and it takes dedication and it takes knowledge and it takes not following every diet that comes along and every fad that comes along or every, you know, shake that's on the market or what you name it, it's out there (laughs) and everybody wants that fix, but it doesn't, work for the long term. And I'm sure that so many people have experienced that. And that's really, you know, you're not really creating what you want that way. So can you share a little bit about your, um, not just your fitness philosophy, but like how, you know, what is a good workout schedule? What is healthy for people to actually do? What kind of programs do you offer? And, you know, a little bit about nutrition and how you approach that also. Yeah. Um, my biggest thing is, you know, I've been on this path for like 10 years on my own personal journey. And, um, the biggest thing that I tell women is the most important component is consistency. And that doesn't mean that it always looks the same. It doesn't mean that you're always able to go to the gym or do your workouts an hour a week, three times a week, or that your nutrition is always going to be on point and you're always tracking your macros and calories. It means that you are consistently developing healthy habits that are going to be sustainable for a lifetime. So if you do fall off track, you don't say, oh, well, everything's undone. You're like, okay, what I was doing last month isn't going to work this month. Either I'm sick, something big came up, but I'm going to find time to take care of myself at whatever capacity I can do right now. So when I am fully able to return to the schedule that I love, like I've maintained that consistent habit in my, in my life. Um, And I think that's why so many people yo-yo is they go all out and then it's like a sprint for two or three months and then they're totally exhausted and then they take a break and then that break ends up being a year long and then they're like, oh great, now I'm back to where I started. 
Um, so it's just establishing those consistent habits and they don't have to be huge, um, but maintaining that momentum in your life, um, regardless of what it looks like. It's like you, you have to think of habits as placeholders. So you're setting all these little placeholders along your path that um, they're always going to be there. And so maybe that placeholder is a 10-minute walk today, but next month that placeholder is going to be an hour-long workout or you know a two-hour hike. But you're establishing those little habits as placeholders that you know they're just always mapped out for you. I love that way of looking at it. That's a great way of looking at it as placeholders and yeah. building on building your skills and building your habits as you go along. Absolutely. That's awesome. And that's totally part of, I mean, I think that when you go on this journey, it's not just about eating. It's not just about the food you're putting in your mouth and it's not that simple. And it's really about living daily with intention. So I really appreciate that about um, you saying building placeholders and can you take us through a walk day of your typical day? Cause I know you're a really busy person. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I actually recently started doing, which I love is, um, getting up first thing in the morning and going to the gym. I haven't always done that, but I found that because I'm so busy, if, you know, my schedule is getting booked at lunchtime, which is when I, I normally worked out. So I recently, um, in the past couple of months, I've adjusted to where first thing in the morning, my alarm goes off, you know, I do my morning skincare tooth routine and I'm out the door. Um, and that works really well for me now. And like I said, it didn't always look like that. Um, but it's just looking at my life and seeing where will my health routine fit in now is super helpful. Um, and you know, then I come home, I journal, I do a morning meditation, I make my breakfast and then I start my day. So I always make sure that I wake up in time, um, to have that moment of self-care and a lot of times we think, oh, well, you know, I do like my morning facial and I brush my teeth and I shower. Isn't that self-care? Like, no, that's more um, hygiene. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, hygiene, good, but hygiene isn't self-care, you know? Um, so just having that space a couple hours in my morning where it's just all about nurturing me um, and setting that intention for the day is super, super important. Um, and I used to, you know, like kind of skip all that stuff. Or um, I would do, you know, the meditation and then the breakfast and then the workout would happen whenever. But I find if I have that system in the morning, then it really sets my intention for the day. And like, I'm good. Like, I'm ready to go. Um, and I'm pretty basic. I, I work at home. I know a lot of creatives work at home. Um, so it's important for me to sort of stay on that timeline when I'm at home. So I make sure that, you know, lunch happens when lunch is supposed to happen. Um, I take breaks when I'm supposed to take breaks, you know, because it's so easy when we're entrepreneurs at home to just grind through the day. And then we're like, we're like, where's the wine and popcorn and my Netflix at the end of the day? We're just <laughs> wiped out. Um, so setting up my day as though it's a normal work day is super important to me. Yeah. So it sounds like you've set up some really good boundaries and intentions and have such great, such a good self-care routine that carries over throughout the rest of your day and into how you're encouraging other people. Because I think that, you know, it seems like when you're doing what you're doing, such a big part of that is showing up for yourself too, because it's, we've all seen the hypocritical do what I say, not what I do type of yeah. people. And they're not really, something doesn't resonate with that. And I think that's one of the things that I really appreciate about you and what you're doing and how you share 
you know, the struggles of being a mom and building a career and fitting in all of this stuff and dealing with injuries and coming back from injuries and all of those kinds of things. So what would you recommend if someone was like just wanting to start out on a fitness routine, what would you, you have a great program and for, for someone who really wants to start out. So I would love for you to share that and um, how long it typically takes for someone to put a routine into their day. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's all about habit building and, and habits are basically um, sort of systems that we've ingrained in our brain, um, you know, because they start in the neocortex. Whenever we're learning something new, it's like that new brain and that brain takes a lot of energy. So then we ingrain it as a habit and it sort of sits back in, you know, that, that primal brain and we don't have to think about it anymore. So it's really about taking the habits that we have have now and changing them out. It's like swapping that placeholder. Um, that's the easiest way for me to teach people to look at it. So like really look at your day, how you're spending your time. Cause a lot of people are like, Oh, I don't have enough time. Or I put every, everyone first and I put me on the back burner. And so I like to, especially moms or especially um, busy women, I like to tell them like, look at your day. What are you doing? And for me, it's a big thing. Like I'll, I'll drop my son off at sports and then I'll go work out and then I'll go back. And there's like all these parents like camped out in lawn chairs for two hours, like five days a week. And then they're like, Oh yeah, I don't have time to take care of myself. Well, your, your son doesn't necessarily need you sitting there watching him. I know. And maybe that's your social hour, but, but there's so many gaps in our day where we have bad habits, where we're seated, where we're on social media, where we're watching Netflix, where we're, you know, just sort of complacent where I say, look at those times in your day and just do a swap and don't think about it. The biggest thing is we, we think too much and then we talk ourselves out of it. Right. So I always tell people like, as soon as you get that urge and you're like, nope, today after work, instead of checking my Facebook page, I'm going to go for a walk. Like, don't think about it. Don't, don't pick up your phone. Don't pick up the computer. Strap on the shoes and get out the door. Because the moment that you make that change, it actually changes the chemicals that you're expressing into your body, and it, it motivates you to do something different. Um, so once you start filling in those gaps, um, that momentum just builds. So it might just start off like, look, I just want to start moving. So that could be a walk. That could be, um, you know, like a an online workout video that you plug in from YouTube. Just something simple. And then from there, all my girls are always like, oh, I want more and more and more. And then they want to learn how to lift weights and they want to do all these things. Um, so I actually have a lot of different programs. I have like an at-home band and body weight program, which is great for people that travel or that are just starting out and don't have a gym. Um, I have a glutes and core program, which is also band and body weights, which is really great about learning um, how to use your body properly. Um, and then I have other programs that involve weightlifting, um, and they're all packed inside a membership too. So you can buy them individually or inside a membership. Um, but my job as a trainer is to make sure that every woman has a way to move her body well, depending on her schedule, depending on her time, depending on her level. Um, so that's really why I built out all these different programs. Okay. And so for each program or as a whole, are people available or able to join Facebook groups or get in community with other people who are doing the programs? 
Yeah, so in my membership site, I have an online forum, which is great because it's private. And, um, you know, so that's our own little space. It's very secure. Sometimes people are afraid to share on Facebook because other people might see it or share it. Um, I have a general Facebook page and then I have a group that I just started called Rethinking Fitness and Food, which is a, it doesn't, you don't have to be in my programs to be in it. Um, but I do Facebook lives in there and, you know, we talk about people's struggles and we really go into detail about um, the why behind our struggles, not just like, you know, what exercise pro program should I do? How do I motivate myself? It's like, why do we have these things going on in our head and how do we make that switch? And that's the, that's where the powerful powerful being in you lives in learning how to get out of that autopilot and get out of habit mind where you're just, you know, roboting through your day, <laughs> not yeah. really. And everything is always, I'll start tomorrow, I'll start next Sunday, I'll do it. And then before you know it, a whole other year has gone by. We're almost at the end of 2018. And how many people have actually met their fitness goals this year <laughs> that they said yeah. at the beginning of the year? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so many people fail on, you know, that quote unquote New Year's resolution because um, everyone's chasing a finish line. And my biggest thing is like, I don't let people have finish lines. It's always good to have goals like, hey, you know what? I'm going on a cruise this summer. I just want to feel really good in my bathing suit. And I bought this beautiful sundress I want to wear. Great. That's an awesome goal, but that's not a finish line. Like that's a milestone that we're going to work toward. Sorry, every time I'm on the phone, my puppy just he's it's like, hey, okay. You have a partner. <laughs> I know. He's the most obnoxious business partner. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, good. You know, that's a milestone along this journey. But this journey that we're going on, it's going to last you 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Like, this is a lifelong habit ritual that you're establishing. When people make those New Year's goals, when they make those, um, finish line goals. Like, I just want to lose 30 pounds. I just want to, you know, look good when I go to the beach, whatever. And once you reach that, you're just like, ah, oh, good. I'm there. And then the momentum stops, or maybe you don't reach that goal and you beat yourself up and you feel like a failure. So I like to make it more about what's going on inside, you know, and my girls come to me and they're like, you know, the scale's not moving. Um, you know, my clothes aren't getting better. I'm like, okay, are you sleeping better? Check. Um, how's your mood? Good. Okay. Check. Are you getting that afternoon slump where you feel like you need a nap? Nope. That's gone. Okay. And then, you know, how's work going? How are your relationships going? Are you getting stronger? And they're all like, yes, yes, yes. All these things are happening. Then suddenly we realize those external goals that we had, the aesthetic goals, are not as important. And when they start happening, they're more like icing on the cake versus being the end all be all. So you're advocating a, just a lifestyle change. It's a way that you become in the world and show up for your life, not just something you're doing for a month or two months or till summer. Absolutely. Um, because it, you know, it's, it's all about that internal dialogue that you're having with yourself. It's about eliminating those, those, um, the self-deprecating talk, the unworthiness about really just being sound in mind and body and understanding that these goals that you're setting in your fitness are really setting you up to have like a much healthier, happier life for a long time if you focus on that. Um, because it's a process. It's not like, you know, we see all these like 21-day detoxes, 30-day challenges, six weeks to a six pack. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not teaching you anything other than to follow instructions. 
and we all know how to follow instructions. We don't have to learn how to follow instructions. But if you don't change that belief system about yourself, that you're worthy of feeling happy and feeling good and being strong every single day of your life, no matter what, then you're just going to go on that roller coaster for the rest of your life. Yeah. And as you mentioned, you know, talking about your friend who lost all that weight by herself and then just her metabolism crashed and that that's, that's something that's real and that can happen to people when they go on those 21 day detox and you're on 500 calories a day now for 21 days. And of course you're going to lose 15 pounds, but most of it's probably going to be water Mm -hmm. and you're starving yourself. (laughs) Yeah. And the funny thing um, that, you know, like I, I had this uh, epiphany with Mariah and myself because when I first started, I was by no means perfect and I didn't have this all figured out, but I really just wanted to look better. And, you know, so the first time that I stepped on the bodybuilding stage, um, I realized that the only difference between Kelly before bodybuilding and Kelly after the show was I lost 25 pounds. I didn't love myself anymore. I wasn't any happier. I still had self-esteem issues. I still had all those internal struggles. And that's the same conversation I had with Mariah is it was still, you know, obese, unhappy, unmotivated, unworthy Mariah, but she was a hundred pounds less. Mm. So like if you're not changing your belief system about yourself along this journey that, and you're not building that self-esteem and that self-worth and really loving on yourself, even when it's hard, then it's just going to be that perpetual cycle And that's why you see so many people yo-yo because all they're focusing on is like what the scale is saying, what their pants size is saying. Can I see my abs? You know, is, are my thighs getting smaller? You know? Right. Right. Well, thank you, Kelly. I mean, it's just, I love what you do and I love your philosophy and how you teach is it's really about self-love and about how you want to create your, your body is, it's a temple and it's a reflection of, you know, how you want to show up in the world and how you want to show up for yourself. And, and if that's important to you to show up that way physically and in good health, you know, and not maybe for some people, it's not a priority. It's not that big of a deal for them. But I think for a lot of people, it is a reflection. And if it's not a big deal, it becomes a big deal when your health starts to deteriorate <laughs> because you yeah. have made it a big deal. Yeah. So many wait, so many people wait until they're scared and it's like, you know, it's never too late that there's women that start lifting weight in their seventies. There's people that, you know, maybe they have a heart attack and then they're like, Oh my goodness, I should, I should take this seriously. I should go to the gym. That's not too late, but I always like to sort of catch people before the scare happens because you know, you, you don't want to ever get to the scare point, but if you are at a scare point, it doesn't mean that you're doomed. Like it's, there's never a wrong or right time to start. It's, it's always just, like I said, don't think about it. Just go. Yeah. That's like, if it, the scare point is a bigger indicator that you need to take action is really, yeah, for sure. So tell people where they can find you and how they can connect with you, how they can hire you to be their coach, all that good stuff. Um, so my main site is fitthriveworkouts.com. And then on Instagram, I'm Kelly Davis fit. Um, and then, like I said, I have a new Facebook group. It's called Rethinking Fitness and Food. It's a free group. Anyone's invited. Um, so you're welcome to join there as well. And, you know, I'm always up to have a good conversation and just really um, talk about the stuff that nobody talks about in fitness. Everyone thinks that it's about, am I doing the right diet? Am I doing the right workouts? Am I working hard enough? Um, but all of that stuff is really arbitrary. If you're not 
nurturing yourself internally and you know like we we talk about self-love but it's not as easy as saying like just love yourself right i mean there's so much you know the term like head trash um (laughs) the the talk the chatter that goes on in our head that we really really have to work on quieting and and changing that dialogue and you know switching on those those positive um, reinforcements in our own head that we're so good at giving everyone else, right? We're so good at, at cheering other people on, at complimenting them, at making them feel good about themselves. And we're so terrible at doing it for ourselves. Um, yeah. So self-love is really, you know, loving on yourself like you love on your sister, like you love on your best friend, like you love on your mom, um, you know, switching that conversation that you have with the people you love most to the conversation you have with yourself. Oh, that's beautiful. That's perfect. And that's how you create a life that you love, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Kelly, it's been so wonderful to talk to you. I really appreciate the work that you're doing in the world yeah. and just not inspiring people to get fit, but about that getting fit is a reflection of the love you have for yourself and learning how to work with that inner self. As much as you transform your inner self, your outer self will transform. Absolutely. And I appreciate your time, Cheryl. It's been such a fun experience being on your podcast and I can't wait for your podcast to grow and uh, reach such a great audience because your message is truly wonderful. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it, Kelly, so much. All right. Well, I wish you a beautiful day. You too, Cheryl. Take care. I will. Thanks. Bye. Uh Bye. You've been listening to The Powerful Creator Show. If you like what you've heard, you can subscribe on iTunes or go to thepowerfulcreatorshow.com and join our email list so you never miss a future episode. I hope you have a powerfully creative day.